The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today. It is a beautiful, beautiful October fall-ish day. And we're starting to see the leaves turn, which is both sad and cool. Maybe we go into the, one of the prettiest times of year, at least this part of the country, but it's followed by winter. It's beautiful. And, uh, you know, we talk about eaves sometime on, sometimes on this show, and I don't know what we call this, if it's a post-eve, post-eve. But happy anniversary to you and your wife, Heidi. Oh, thank you. Celebrated your, how many years? 21. 21 years a couple of days ago. So congratulations. Yep, she's a very patient person. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We we have a great topic today. It's one that, um, it's a little different when you first hear it. We're going to be talking about normal. That's pretty much it. We're going to be talking about normal. And and what, what does normal look like? You know, Robbie, we, we have a friend a lot of times that talks about asking people, you know, what was your childhood like when uh, when you were growing up? And what's the, the answer that is most often given? Normal. I had the normal childhood, you know, my sister cut off, you know, my big toe with a knife and my brother <laughs> shot me. In the, but it was normal. It was, you know, like anybody else's childhood. But I, I've, Sam, I've actually done some research on normal. <laughs> 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 and uh, I've come to the conclusion through exhaustive research that it is in fact a position on your dryer and if you hit that that's the only place i think you'll find it in 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 reality but you know people talk about constantly i wish it just get back to normal you know it but is there a normal yeah see that's a good question that, we have silence <laughs> because no one can really that, answer that what, where is it where do you find it? it it sure wasn't in my family sam right i've been completely disqualified from this normal discussion you have, but we have been talking about this, and we've been talking about the new normal for about the last week amongst ourselves and, and uh, through some, some different things and emails, but uh, we've been talking about this topic of the new normal and how there isn't something that truly is normal, although society would tell you there is. There's a norm that we compare against. Abs- you- absolutely, and whether you see it in, in the media or hear it, uh, there's, there is a uh, worldly definition of normal. There is, you know, a lot of times we'll talk about average, you know, the average house is, you know, two, two kids, blah, 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 and that becomes normal. But things aren't always what they see, and, and normal can be, let's just listen to this clip and see what normal can be. I like her better that way. Dad was right. I don't need it to surf. No, you don't. Would it be better to just say it out loud? I thought. I thought at least with clothes on, I could have two arms. Thought I could look normal. Normal is so overrated. But people like normal, Mom. Who? Guys do. I mean, who will even like me with this? The right guy will love you exactly the way you are. Because you're beautiful. How do you know? Because I know. 
What's that worth, right? Nothing. What are you doing? We had this statue in my house when I was a little girl. It was a replica from a museum my parents once went to. I didn't even think about it till just now. Venus de Milo. For centuries, all around the world, she was considered the pinnacle of beauty. And she has one less arm than you. Yeah, but I can surf. So, Dennis, that contains a quote that you love, right? Yeah, normal is so overrated. I think that's just such a great line because uh, we we compare ourselves and folks compare themselves to so many other people. And when I heard that again, I thought, we're always looking for normal, and it's so overrated. Who wants to be normal? Right. You know, and the point is, who is normal? Yeah. You know, when I was listening to that clip, as I got ready to do the show, I couldn't help remember <laughs> when I was crushed by the Jeep and I found myself in a wheelchair. And, you know, quite often a part of your life allows you these ex- drastic changes. Like what, you know, obviously I still had my leg, but it was almost severed. It was very close. And I spent over a year there and the new normal is really uh, something that will stretch uh, what you're capable of, of of thinking about and God is using that mm-hmm. in some amazing ways as he does through that movie the soul surfer but when your life gets changed and it can be changed like hers in the matter of a few moments and things are drastically different then all of a sudden God's allowed a new normal in your life now you know how do you embrace that absolutely and, and that clip probably should have set it up a little bit but I wanted you to just hear it fresh that you know, normal is overrated, and this girl lost her arm to a shark attack. That's based on a true story. A girl named Bethany Hamilton. She, right now, she's on The Amazing Race. They've been advertising that on TV and giving a little bit of her story. But uh, you know, she's a strong Christian and really has walked with God through it and, and impacted many lives. And her, her new normal was completely different. But to her, it is normal. And if we've lost you, one of the questions I guess I would ask you is, are you the same person today that you were 10 years ago? What about five years ago? Or 20 years ago? And I'd say the answer, you could look back and say, no, I'm not. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. But I'm not. And so wherever those places you were along the way, at each of those times, that was normal for you. And so each day you're moving into a new normal, especially as you walk with God. Scripture, guys, I'm going to ask you a couple questions on Scripture. But Scripture's kind of full of stories of people moving from an old normal to a new normal. As I ask that question, what are some of the the people that come up or the stories from the Bible that come up for you? Gideon, obviously. Wow, I mean, here's a guy down at the bottom of a, you know, hiding from the Midianites and everybody else, and the next thing you know, he's leading the battle. But he was looked like pretty much the king of the wimps there for a second. <laughs> and God shows up and says, mighty warrior. And and his new normal was, was pretty drastic, Val. I think of Esther. She was uh, an Israelite in Susa in you know, in Persia, and she was just a poor um, Hebrew girl. And all of a sudden, she's the queen of Susa. I mean, talk about a transition. All of a sudden, all this burden, and with that burden came more responsibility. Absolutely. And there's other stories. You know, one of them that really came to mind for me was the woman that talks about in Mark that had been bleeding for several years and had been to doctors and had been. They couldn't get healing. It was actually getting worse. So her normal was getting worse every day. 
and she touches Jesus's cloak and because of her faith and because of her belief belief in Jesus she's healed yeah. so she steps from a place of you know woundedness for lack of a better term to a place of healing and she seeks out Christ yeah uh, for that um, I think of Paul and we were talking earlier about being blindsided mm-hmm. <laughs> by things in our lives talk about being blindsided here's a guy that was persecuting having Christians killed uh, on the road to Damascus he's literally struck blind so he he has a first new normal of what's going to happen what's going on is my sight going to be restored and kind of uh, walking through being blind and then when his sight is restored he's got another new normal which is what God's called him to be who God's called him mm-hmm. to be from that point forward and it changes his life drastically he even gets a new name he does yeah yeah and, and as and you Saul open, to Paul as you open your mind and you think about all the stories it's a consistent theme Jacob you know became all the every one of them you can go back and say normal change for them along the way mm-hmm. you know it has to as you walk with Christ or as you walk with this world one direction or the other life's going to change and normal's going to be different but there's so many things that we just say man if I can just get to the weekend then life can be normal again or if I can just get oh, to this point even in the business world Sam they wrote the book really famous about seven years ago eight years ago who moved my cheese yeah and, and that was all about that very issue is that if you're in business that the, the cheese is going to get moved and what are you going to do to adjust to that mm-hmm. so guys one of the questions i gonna ask you a little bit later in the show is where has God moved you from a place of old normal to new normal you know some things that you're willing to share and then kind of talk about that from a personal perspective but I want to get a, another clip in here if we can before the uh, before the break and this is from a movie called Evan Almighty it's probably one of the funniest clips just to listen to. And, and in the scene, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, Evan has been called to build an ark, which he's reluctantly responding to God's request. Um, and so far he hasn't really been doing his part. And God's changing his physical appearance. His hair's growing and his beard is growing quicker than he can shave it. I might need security. Thank you. Can I help you? Rita, it's me. Why do you sound like Evan Baxter but look like a BG? Okay, all right. Okay, that's great. It's longer. Oh my, it is you. Oh. Evan, what happened? Are, are you, did you fall in a mine shaft? No. Did you just come out of a coma? No. Were you attacked by a werewolf? No, I wasn't. Well, if you were going for that rugged look, you overshot it. You look like a bum in a suit. You need supercuts and a shave. Da, 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 da. Right, yeah, but I can't. It doesn't work. What do you mean it doesn't work? It doesn't work. What, what are you, shooting up Rogaine? Rita, if Evan shows up, makes. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. I'll be with you in just one moment. Ah, Evan, take it in, take it in. Okay, yeah, to answer any questions you may have, I am going through adult puberty. This is all temporary. Why did you bring me down here? What was so important? What is so important? I've got a letter of intent here about Congressman Long's bill. You remember that, don't you? Well, you haven't been here, and now he wants you to sign this in person, Evan. No, I can't do that. Nope, 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 not gonna happen. No, you can't do that. Not looking like that, you have to go shave. I can't shave, Marty. When I shave, it grows back out. That's what happens when you shave. But then you shave again! You have no idea. Evan, what is going on? I'm... building something. You're building something? Well, I hope it's a barbershop. 
Guys, I can't let Long see me this way, okay? You're gonna have to tell him I'm sick. Just cover for me. Just help me out. So, Robbie, as you listen to that, tell me a little, you pick that clip. Tell me a little bit about why you picked that clip, and then we'll pick up the rest of it after break. Well, I think in so many of our lives, when we come to Christ, all of a sudden, we start looking like a freak. (laughs) (laughs) Our air may not be long, but we're saying things, and people are looking at you, what you talking about, Willis? You saying you talk to God? Really? You? I've heard your language. You can't be that guy. So we're going to pick up on that and learn more about Robbie's language as we come back. You're listening to the Masculine Journey. We have a great uh, collection of podcasts on our website. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Get information there. Uh, look at things that we may have coming up. Just check back often and find out what's going on with us. Reach out to us via email or through Facebook. Your phone, your tablet, your iPad, your Android just became... A radio. That's right. You can take the Truth Network with you everywhere now thanks to our brand new Truth Network app. That's right. Listen to Dr. Michael Brown, The Line of Fire, The Christian Car Guy with Robbie Dilmore, Truth Talk Live, all of our programming 24-7 right there in your hand. Perhaps you're out of range of your radio or traveling in a busy airport. You can plug into the Truth Network. Just go to truthnetwork.com to download the new free app. That's truthnetwork.com. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811, brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Just a little bit of taste uh, of that song. Dennis, you, you picked that song, and talk about that real quick, and we'll come back to Robbie, but yeah. why, why did you pick that song it, where it basically goes through and says, pretty often, I'm not who I was? Yeah, it's a Christian song by Brandon Heath, and uh, yeah, it, you know, he's going through a story that sounds like it's probably a relationship-oriented, but every time I hear it, I just I just hear that saying, I'm not who I was, and, and relating to a relationship the woman that I was married to years ago. Oftentimes when I hear that song, I think about Diane, and I think uh, if I were face-to-face to her, I would say, wish you could see where I am now. I'm not who I was. I'm not the same guy I was back those many years ago. And I think a lot of us can relate to that probably. And actually, we're going to pick up on that here in just a little bit. Robbie, when we left, you were talking about your language. No, when, <laughs> we, when we left, you were we talking were about... We talking about language. <laughs> because in that Evan Baxter clip all of a sudden his hair is growing out he's got the beard he essentially looks like a freak and i know that when my early relationship with christ i i was a sales manager in a a dodge dealership in greensboro and and i show up at a sales meeting saturday morning after having had an intimate discussion with god and and it was real for me and so these guys who are used to me being in the car business all my life and with a language that went with all that and always concerned about how we could close the next deal and how we could you know make the most money and all that sudden here's this guy that's been their general manager for a time 
saying, guys, I've talked with God, and here's what we're going to do. From now on, and this is exactly what I said, we're not going to try to sell cars anymore. We are going to try to help customers. So if somebody comes in and, you know, you think they need a Nissan, go take them to the Nissan store. Or try to, you wait on that customer. I don't want to hear about how you can close them, all that stuff. I want you to tell me, how can you help that guy? And that, because God told me at the end of the day, it's not going to matter how many cars you sold or what your customer satisfaction rating is. It's going to be matter how many people you really help. So as of today, I want you to go out there and help people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-oh, Robbie's a Jesus freak. And, oh, yeah, if you could have seen the look in their eyes, it's like, this is the craziest thing. This man, if, if Evan Baxter looked funny with a beard, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, at that moment, I had that complete look, but... After a while, they saw that I was walking the talk, and it, and it became the new normal. Like, really? We can't cuss around Delmore anymore? <laughs> <laughs> and then that proved to be a pretty successful thing along the way, didn't it? Oh, yeah. We outsold the Honda store, and that was it was a great thing. Uh, that When you're the Dodge uh, GM and you outsell the Honda store, the next thing you know, they give you Honda because that's kind of embarrassing. What year was that? This was 1991, the year of actually the Gulf War. I was thinking I bought a truck in 99. I thought maybe I bought it from you, but no, <laughs> never mind. As you going back to the clips, as you think about those first two clips for me, there's some commonality in it. And there's also some diversity in it. The common thing is God is working in both of their lives. One of them, I don't know whether God caused the shark to bite her arm off or it was just, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time, but God used that event to change her life and change other people's lives, right? Definitely in the story of, of, of Evan Baxter, God's completely involved, and he's, got, he's on a mission, right? If, early on, um, Evan makes a statement as he's running for office, and God reminds him of that statement, and the whole thing is about getting him back to that promise of the man he was going to be or the difference he was going to make. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really cool to see that, that God's involved either way, whether he originated it, or circumstances did, or whether he, he orchestrated it. And for me, it's kind of a cool thing. As, as I listen to the clip from Evan Baxter, I think about the times that I'm frustrated in the midst of moving. I don't move well. I, I'm pretty, pretty re- change resistant, and I know you guys are shaking your head. You're not saying no. You know, you know who I am. But it's in those times that i got to remember, as Evan does, God's doing something here. God's moving me to a place that I really need to go to. I don't like it. I don't understand it. But I got to trust the one who's taking me there. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, that, that's the difference in that video, or video that, that clip that we heard, is the ability to say, okay, God, I do trust you. I'm going to walk through this with you, even though I don't understand it. Looking at the other side, though, and you spoke about this earlier in the week in a, in a devotional, uh, what happens when your circumstances don't change, but you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, when when the circumstances may be the same in your life, or uh, I've had the experience where my circumstances in life actually got worse mm-hmm. uh, than what they were from a worldly normal standpoint, but I began to change mm-hmm. through that process. So it doesn't always take your circumstances in life changing for you to begin to change. Oh, absolutely, it's a great point. The from the movie Soul Surfer, you know, Bethany Hamilton didn't get a new arm. I mean, that's that situation didn't change. But here she is on a national platform being able to share her faith, right? And so God has changed her through that process, even though 
the situation she originally dealt with didn't change. And to your point, some things get worse. Sometimes we go into a season that's even harder than the season before. But again, what changes in it is our heart through the process. Well, the neater thing, well, that's as neat as that is, what happens with Evan Baxter and what happens with the girl and soul surfer is neater, is neat. But what I think is neat is look at the relationship at the end of the movies or at the end of, in other words, Evan Baxter now has this relationship with God. Remember, they're dancing under the tree if you mm-hmm. saw the movie. And so often, it's not just that God gave us a platform. He certainly gave me a platform when I was in the wheelchair and other things that had happened in my life. But even neater, and I often think that's the destination, is it brings you closer to God and you're more intimate with him so that you are under that tree dancing. Um, as I believe that girl in So Surfer certainly grew in a relationship with Christ as, as she had the walk that she had. Absolutely. She had to go through that difficult journey in order to to find that more uh, that deeper intimacy al you were talking earlier before the show that do we move to a new normal or do we just go to someplace else well that's a good question when you think about who you were when you were young and innocent before your innocent card was taken and then life happens all these things come and you adjust to them and you change and then god comes into your life you accept christ and you start changing but you're not really changing. You're going back to the person you were before all these events changed your life. And it brings me to a movie clip that I want to play. It's from, from the movie called Despicable Me. And if you've ever seen that movie, it's, a, it's an awesome movie. Um, it, it begins with a, a young boy. Well, at some point you learn about his childhood and he's full of life, full of wonder. And things along the way strip him of that. His innocence card is taken in a lot of ways and he loses perspective and it all becomes about achievement. And something enters his life, the form of three little girls, and they change his whole world. And we're going to listen to how that plays out as he reads them a story as they're getting ready to go to bed. Okay, girls, time for bed. Oh, come on, you want a story? Three sleepy kittens! Oh, no, sorry, that, that book was accidentally destroyed maliciously. Tonight, we are going to read a new book. This one is called... One Big Unicorn by who wrote this? Oh, me! I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the best book ever. Not to pat myself on the back, but yes, it probably will be. Here we go. One big unicorn, strong and free, thought he was happy as he could be. Then three little kittens came around and turned his whole life upside down. Hey, that one looks like me. No, what are you talking about? These are kittens. Any relation to persons living or dead is completely coincidental. They made him laugh. Ha ha! They made him cry. He never should have said goodbye. And now he knows he could never part from those three little kittens that changed his heart the end okay all right good night i love you yeah i love you too Uh, (laughs) no no Uh. (laughs) oh all right didn't i get you already So guys, as you listen to that clip, 
and we're going to go back and revisit something I asked earlier, but as you listen to that clip, what's it kind of tell you about this journey that we're on? This, I, this journey of coming to a new normal. It, you know, it, it reminds me of another of my favorite movie clips. It's from the end of uh, Mary Poppins, mm -hmm. where, again, the father saving Mr. Banks, Mr. Banks is the one that gets saved at the end of Mary Poppins mm -hmm. because he realizes how special his family is to him, and it's no longer his job. The destination is the intimacy of his family, and it's the same thing that happens to Despicable Me, just in a lot different structure. Absolutely. And as we were talking, we have a couple minutes left here in the show. What kind of stories, where has God moved you from a normal, Dennis, you shared, Robbie, you shared, you know, from a place of normal to a new normal? You know, for me, as I look back, the journey could be in a lot of ways, but probably the one that's more pronounced for me is fatherhood. You know, look at the father I was with my first child, my daughter. Kind of surprised she made it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you know, I uh, wasn't really equipped or prepared, and I think that's a lot of people's story. And, and the father I am with our fourth child. You know, and I still got a lot of flaws, but fortunately I don't have the same flaws I used to have as much. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that God's kind of changed me through that process. And the normal part of me being a dad is different than the normal it was years ago. And, that, and that's a good thing. You know, but I can constantly look at different places in my life. What was important to me years before isn't as important to me now. Yeah. Al, is there something for you that kind of reminds you of that? Well, I, I, about seven years ago, I ran into a friend of mine from high school. And he came up, had dinner, met my wife, my son, saw the house. You know, we talked about work. And he was at a teacher's conference. Well, the next year he came back, took him to church with me. And we were sitting at a table with some friends. And he said, yeah, my mom was really surprised when I told her that I ran into you. And I said, why? Because I live so far away. And he go, she said, he said, no, my mom was surprised that you were still alive and not in jail. <laughs> and, and I was shocked to hear that because I'm at church now with all my church friends. And, but he said, Al, she was so happy to hear that your life had turned around and that you weren't the same guy anymore. I'm Absolutely. not who I was. Absolutely, and that's the point. Right? God's moving us constantly to a new normal. The thing is, are we going to walk there with him? Are we going to be reluctant? Are we going to enter into that saying, God, I do trust you. I am going to walk with you through this. No, I don't get it. I may not even like it, but I know you want to take me to a place you know my heart needs to that place of new normalcy. And I, I wish for all you guys this week a place of being normal that will be new and unique and full of life for you. Thanks for listening to Masculine Journey. Join us next week.